0: Hi. Welcome to Adoption Now, your adoption show. I'm April Fallon. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to Adoption Now, your adoption show. I'm your host, April Fallon. I am the adoptive mother of four darling kids And I can't believe that we are at the end of season six. It has been a really fun season. And for us, it's been really fast. We recorded super quickly, like 19 episodes in like two and a half months. We rocked it. And uh, we were just so thrilled and so honored that there were so many stories to tell. And I want to thank you to all of you who have submitted your stories. Just know... If I haven't gotten you on the podcast right away, it doesn't mean your story won't be told or that it's not interesting. We'll get you in in season seven, I promise. And hey, if you are subscribing to Adoption Now Podcast, we thank you so much. And for all of your wonderful reviews, we are going strong and headed towards 1 million downloads and over 10,000 subscribers and reaching new countries, which is very cool. I do this show because I truly, truly love Adoption Stories. If you have pre-interviewed with me, you know I spend a lot of time diving into your journey, and that's what makes the podcast so fun. Is by the time we get to your interview, we've already spent so much time together and it's like friends just talking. And so I'm excited about today's interview because it was actually the first pre-interview I did way back when we were just about to start over and I can't believe this, but you guys are at the very end of the season. Michael and Ashley are from Utah. Welcome to the show. Hey, April. We've been waiting for so long. We have, and so much has happened since then. I can't believe it. I can't wait to hear. So this is kind of exciting because I pre-interviewed you in one stage, and now you're in a completely different stage of your adoption journey. So this is going to be fun.
1: I want to know how you guys heard about the podcast. Um, Through our adoption community. We have a couple friends... Um who are trying to adopt as well and have adopted. And they told us about the podcast. And your journey
0: starts in 2019 and you guys wanted to adopt teenagers?
1: Well, we knew that we always wanted to adopt. Um, Well, at least I did.
2: Yeah. um, So we have always talked about adoption Um, and we found ourselves uh, in like church callings and just in the local communities, always working with, Uh, young teenagers. Um, And so that kind of, we're like, you know, what we can do this. We, uh, we connect really well with that age group, you know, let's bring in some teenagers who um, need a loving home. And so that's kind of what we initially thought we were getting into. Um, But then we started getting, I don't want to say like rejected, but like we would put in for cases, um, and then we were like, no, they're, they're looking for a different family or, uh, it just was a no after a no after a no.
0: That's funny. Cause I love teenagers also. And I feel like I connect with them as well. And I'm like, they like me cause I'm so cool. And AJ's like, no, <laughs> I actually, he goes, I don't know why they like you, but it's definitely not because you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> But he's surprised. He's like, teenagers do like you, mom. But I, I know what it's like to connect. I don't know that I would start off the journey right to a teenager and skip that baby phase. But it sounds like you guys ended up having to go through the baby phase.
1: Oh, sure. Right <laughs> yeah. So we got our home study in the spring of 2019. We were putting in for teenagers for like six, seven months. And then November 6th of 2019, we got a call from the um, UCFS asking if we could take a 6 day old baby girl. Six days? Yeah.
0: Well, that's a huge difference from teenager to six days.
1: Yeah, it was wild. Did we you were have really a crib? We, we did have a crib. Okay. We actually, because we didn't know what we were going to end up with, we had one room for big kids and we had one room for a baby.
0: <laughs> you had crib to Xbox, right?
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so you were excited. Yes. So we picked her up, um, and then we had her in our home for 10 months, and then she was successfully reunified with her family. Were you prepared for that? No, we were heartbroken. And and it probably shouldn't have happened, but since then, um, the family's been doing really well. But at the time, we didn't feel like it should have happened.
0: What were the social workers saying to you?
1: Oh, we were being told that we would probably be adopting her, like the odds were that we'd be adopting her.
2: Yeah, there was like a false sense of hope that they kept instilling in us. And so I think that's kind of what led to the big heartbreak in the situation is because we're like, okay, they're saying one thing, but on our meetings, something. you know, else is going on. And so we were confused and in limbo for a while until finally they had the reunification um, completed. And ah, so now here we are.
0: So how did that work? Did she even know her parents?
1: She knew her mom. She had, She had visitations with her mom. Okay.
0: And did you feel confident that she was going to be okay? No.
2: No, not at all.
0: Okay, so how did that change you? Because you're new
1: parents. This is the first experience. I mean, we definitely learned a lot. We learned how to be parents. It's kind of like a trial run to be parents.
0: Michael, did you want to answer that? As far as heartbreak goes, tell us how the heartbreak changed you.
2: For me, it kind of made me put some walls up for any potential future heartbreak. And so I kind of had a negative view on the system after that point and had to deal with some things internally to try to overcome that and not be so guarded um, while preparing to potentially get uh, another placement.
0: Okay, so how long did you wait before the next child came?
1: We, so we actually didn't, we were actually closed after that. Okay. Um, And then that's when we decided, well, let's sell our house and let's adopt from an agency because then at that point, once rights are rel- relinquished, no one can take your baby back. And so um, we listed our house and then three days after it went under contract, our friend called us and said, hey, there's a two month old baby boy who's more than likely going to be adopted, but it- his case is still at DCFS. Like, do you want him? And I went to Michael and I told him and he's like, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. And so I kind of went behind his back and <gasps> put in for it anyway. Um, and then we were picked.
0: Well, he's laughing now, so it must have been Yeah, okay. he's laughing
1: now. <laughs> you were
0: picked?
2: Yeah, definitely, it definitely was a surprise, but yeah, it worked out in the end.
1: And so you picked up this little boy? Yeah. Yes. Yep. He was two months old. Um, he's with his first foster family. And then... And then we proceeded with the selling of our house and we had no idea what was going to happen with his case because he was even in between states. He was in Utah, but his family was in Nevada. And so they were trying to figure out like the logistics of his case. And then after having him like an additional, we got him in October. And then in December, his case moved to Nevada and Nevada said, we're going to try reunifying this baby. Mm -hmm. And so give us a year. Oh no. Yeah. So, so then what? So, we did visitations. Um we only had 3 of them. We met halfway um between them and us. And then they just quit showing up and they just quit reaching out and they kind of fell off fell off at that point, the parents.
0: When we pre-interviewed Michael, you said that the state said to you it is better to reunify even if it was a D minus situation.
2: Right. Yeah. And it was, that was, that was so frustrating because they told us, Hey, it's going to take a year cause we want to reunify. But then after, I think there was only like three or four visits within the span of three months. Right. And then after that, they kind of fell off the face of the earth and there was no effort made at all. Um, to have any sort of relationship or connection um, with our oldest son. And at that point, you know, given past experience um, with our first foster care placement, you know, then that, that negativity and that doubt starts to creep back in that the state's going to do the right thing uh, and look out for the best interest in the child. And all in the back of my mind, and I'm sure in Ash's mind too, we're just that statement of, a D minus parent is sufficient enough. And it's, as long as they're making bare minimum efforts, then we're going to keep this case going. And so it was just very frustrating.
0: I think that's the most shocking part when you get involved with foster care. Well, it was for Noah and I, is that very little effort can be made and yet the child cannot be adoptable. And right. we go on and on in some some cases, more than a year, two years, three years. And it's like, come on. We have to look at what's best for the child. And this is not healthy,
2: right. And sometimes you feel like well, at least I did in our situation, it felt like the child at a certain point becomes a bargaining chip to get the parents to do uh, to correct behavior, right? And so, uh, and it's hard because you're like, how is this looking out for the best interest in the child? Like to in our eyes, it was you're just trying to, I don't know, persuade or convince the parents to do what you want them to do in order to reunify them. And it, it's hard to not look past uh, the flaws in mm-hmm. the system.
0: Yeah, it's hard to not become angry, as you said. It's hard to not for want to- sure. Feel like that this is not justice. And I understand reunification. I love that part of it. When you're trained and you know what you're going into, and the parents are really working hard and just kind of, you know, went through a rough time, I love that story. But when it's not that story, and like you said, they're not correcting behavior, and now you know, things are not fair and it's not right for the child. It's really hard to kind of bite your tongue and just say, Hey, we we just want to stay in it. I can understand why you closed your home study at first, but now you have this baby how long before you knew he was going to be forever yours?
1: Um, we didn't know until this last January. So January of twenty twenty two. Oh my gosh. And we and we got him we got him October October of
0: 2020. Okay. So for two years, you kind of waited.
1: Yeah. Like a little over yep. a year. Yeah.
0: Okay. So 2020, you get him and 2022, you finalize. Yeah.
1: Correct. Yep.
0: Okay. And were you fostering or adopting other children at this time? Well,
1: so we decided after the case went to the mat. So December of 2020, we were still, even though we had um, our first son and we were fostering him, we sold our house so we could adopt with an agency. And we already turned in all our paperwork and we were working on our home study. So we're like, let's continue this. Let's go through this and see what happens. And then July 20th of 2021, we got a call um, for a baby boy born in Tennessee. Okay. So and that's was nine infant. months later. Okay. Yes.
0: Well, that's perfect. Nine months
1: yeah. So we flew to Tennessee and,
0: and picked him up and yeah. If people are listening right now and they're kind of confused, like, why are you selling your house? Wait, what's going on? We have done this several times, sold houses to adopt babies, <laughs> right? Because you need like twenty five dollars to $30,000. And if you don't have that in your back pocket, you got to figure out a way to quickly come up with that. And sometimes selling your house is the fastest option, which was... The case for us. And so we sold houses and we paid for it that way. But if you go through the foster care system, it's substantially cheaper. And in fact, most states completely free. So you go that direction, but you don't have to pay, but you're not sure if you're going to finalize. You go private infant adoption if you can afford it, but you know that termination can happen quickly. So that's why you chose it. And that's why you had to sell your house.
2: Exactly. And and it was is where we, I mean, it's priorities, where where we placed our priorities. And we've been wanting a family for so long. And that was, I mean, at the end of the day, we sat down, okay, we could take out loans, but then we're going to be in debt forever. Mm -hmm. Uh, We could sell our house and have that money right there. And, uh, and so at the end of the day, that's what we decided um, through thought and prayer that that's what we needed to do. And we did it. And it was crazy too, how, uh, quickly we went from fostering and then nine months later we get a call and they're like, you need to make a decision right now to come out to Tennessee and pick up this boy. Yes or no. And we're like, can we have a little bit of time? And they're like, no, like <laughs> we'll give you, I think it was like an hour or so that they said they would give us to respond back. And so, and I was still working and uh, Ashley's like, what are we going to do? And so it was a very quick process. And we're like, you know what? Like, this is the path that we're kind of being led on. And so let's do it. And so we said yes, without even knowing very much information about the biological parents of this baby boy or much about his situation. uh, And we just hopped on a plane.
1: Yeah. All we knew, all we knew about our son was that one of his ears didn't fully develop and they didn't know if he could hear. And then the mom wanted a closed adoption. That was all we knew. Okay. And were you okay with that? We, it was scary, but we were fine with it.
0: And did you take the other child that you had on the plane? No. He stayed
1: with his first foster family. Okay.
0: Because he wasn't finalized yet.
1: No. And we have, we have an amazing relationship with, with his first foster family. So we just, we felt comfortable with him staying with them while we were gone.
0: Okay. So you get to the hospital and what was that like?
1: It was surreal. It was, it was crazy because we're, we kept like the whole way on the plane driving, everything. We're like, can you believe we're picking up another baby boy? Like, are you, can you believe we're parents again? Like, it was just, it was really surreal and beautiful. And what did you name him? Bo. Beau. Bo?
0: Beau? What did you name the first baby? Or what was the first baby's name?
1: So, after we adopted him, we named him Michael after, after my husband. So okay. we call him Mikey. Oh,
0: Mikey and Bo. This is so cute. Thank you. Okay. So you bring the baby home and everything's smooth from that point as far as paperwork. Yeah. 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 We
2: already did. Yeah. We already did a lot of the paperwork and signed everything. Um, And so we literally just, they're like, Hey, where's the deposit or the payment? And we paid them as we were, I think we were driving up from Atlanta um, to Knoxville. Um, and we were trying to get money sent over and move and it was just chaos.
0: And when you sold your house, did you buy another one? No,
1: we rented from my father-in-law. His dad passed away from COVID. And so he had a house that needed to be renovated. So we renovated it for him so we could live in it.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's great provision. (laughs) Okay, so now you have two boys and are you
1: done? No. Well, at the time we we were thinking we might have been.
2: We thought we were.
1: (laughs) Um, And then, yeah. So for months, so with Mikey's case, I just kept feeling like I needed to tell the caseworker in the court that if his mom has another baby, we want them in our home. We want to keep siblings together. We still have our foster care license. Like let us let us take care of them, and so I've been saying that for months after we got Bo, and then on November 24th I got a text message that said, "Hey, mom just had a baby. The baby's in Utah at the hospital. Um, when could you go see him?"
0: November 24th, 2021. Oh my goodness, these these children are very close together yeah. in age. Yeah, they <laughs> you They're so all excited though?
1: Apart so excited. Uh So, so incredibly excited, kind of, but almost feeling that guilt too of a parent is like, Oh, we had Bo so quickly after Mikey. And now we're having this baby so quickly after Bo. And we almost like, you almost feel divided as a parent bringing Mm -hmm. a baby in so fast, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. They love each other so much. And they, even though they're babies, they all play so well together and they love each other. And it's so, so precious. And how old are they? So we have a 20-month-old, a 9-month-old, and a 5-month-old. Oh, my goodness. You have three in diapers. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And people, whenever we tell people, we're like, yeah, we have three babies under two. They're like, what? (laughs) They just give us this look like, y'all are crazy. And we kind of are, but, I mean, it's working out, so.
0: And did you finalize? What's the last baby's name?
1: So we want to name him Beckham. He is not finalized yet. Yeah. We have our permanency hearing next week, but parents have asked for us to adopt him and they're going to be relinquishing next week. Okay. Have
0: you found that COVID has slowed this whole process down? With
1: Mikey's case, it definitely did. Now with Beckham's case, it hasn't. Like it's normal.
0: Okay. Things are back to normal now. That's good to know.
1: Yeah. So now what? Are you guys done now? Um,
0: it's hard no, to ask I talk. Oh,
1: she <laughs> said no, no. no, no, you're okay. <laughs> I really want to explore embryo adoption.
0: Oh my gosh, don't get me started yes. on that. If you are a listener, so you cool. know that I'm so passionate about that. I think that the whole thing is just absolutely amazing. I recently had somebody send me a message, and they're like, "That's not adoption." Then I was like, "Well, it is." They're like, "Well, it's surrogacy." I'm like, "No, what?" It is adoption because it's not your DNA and you're adopting someone else's child. I guess it depends on when you think a baby is a baby. Right. So we consider embryos babies. And so giving them a life and carrying them, but it's somebody else's DNA, but you're carrying this adopted embryo and you give birth to your adopted baby. I think it's very yeah. cool. I think it's very exciting. And so in some cases, they have open adoptions where the child knows their biological siblings and their their parents, their
1: biological parents. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Something along the lines of that. But, but they're not their um, birth parents. Isn't that weird? They're, they're biological yeah. parents, but
0: you are the birth parent because you actually gave birth to them. <sighs> Head exploded. Right, (laughs) I mean, can you imagine that and having to explain that and your other kids that are so close in age? Everybody's going to be like,
1: what is going on
0: over there with that family? It's
1: true. Um, But and then on the side of that, too, if if Mikey and Beckham's mom has another baby, I want them because she's had she's had four kids total. The older two are with their dad. And then we have the younger two. Do you have a relationship? any more kids. We want them, yes, we do, actually, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so they live in Nevada. They actually came this last weekend, really? Like stayed with you, yeah, they didn't stay in our house. They had a hotel, but they came and they hung out with us for two days, and it was a blast.
0: Tell people about that. Was it hard for her? Was she happy?
2: um I think the I think the major concern that she had was their oldest boy because he's been wanting uh, baby brothers for the longest time and she's like well little do you know you have two in Utah right and uh, I think the biggest concern and hesitancy was to make sure that he was okay um, because he suffered through a lot of trauma um, as a young infant and so but I mean when they were here it was it was amazing. Mikey was playing with him and uh, we were teaching him how to say the the names of uh, the two kids that came. And so it was just a really fun time to see those connections. And even to this morning, Ashley went to get Mikey up from uh, waking up and uh, he was asking where uh, his older brother was. And it was just super cute to that. He's made that connection now. And he, he's like, Hey, where is he at? Where is he? Where is he?
0: So it's pretty cool. And is Bo deaf? Did he end up being so he's deaf? he's hard
1: of hearing. Okay. Um, he has, so his, he doesn't have his left ear. No, he doesn't have his right ear. Sorry. He doesn't have his right ear. It's not fully foreign, but his left ear, the ear canal is closed. So no sound can get through. He actually has um, a device called a Baja and he can hear through bone conduction. So he has like a little hearing aid that he wears on a headband.
0: Aw. So he can hear you he just is hard of hearing
1: um he can hear with the assistance of his device okay but without it he can hear like 45 decibels and higher so like if he was next to a lawnmower he could hear that and it would be like a whisper to him
0: I just watched this news story about this lady this artist who this is so weird that we're talking about this but she creates ears She designs ears, yeah, for children who are born without ears or they lose an ear. Um, She was doing a a child that was attacked by a dog and giving him these prosthetic ears, but she does it in an amazing way because she's so talented. So I'll send you that information, but I think it's an interesting story. Thank you. That is really unique. Yeah, and she does them identical to, like, if they pick their family's ears. Like, if they don't have either, she does mimics like a family ear or, like, can do the exact same ear to the other one. It was very cool. And that she was so motivated to do that as an artist. Just a weird oh, little. That was awesome. I know. How weird that I just watched that and then we were just talking about that. But your children are adorable. I can't wait to put this picture. Is this you guys at Easter?
1: Um, It was us at the Cherry blossom. Like it was our family photo.
2: Just before Easter, yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, one last question. About the
0: little girl that you had, you said that she's doing great. Do you still see her?
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, You do? And I think I, yeah. And I'm glad you brought this up because it's one thing that I think we kind of gloss over a little bit is the relationships, uh, the impact and importance of the relationships between foster parents, adoptive parents, and the biological parents because uh, Ashley's been amazing at, at uh, fostering those relationships uh, with the biological parents on for all of the children that we've had, uh, with the exception of Bo, um, just because that's a closed adoption. Um, but yeah, we see our foster daughter probably once a month or once every other month. Um, and even her mom now will like reach out to Ashley for advice or for questions that she may have on things. And so it's just awesome to see that from where we were uh, at the beginning of our foster daughter's case to where we are now and just being that support um, for her so that way she can flourish. So it's just been amazing.
0: It's healthy for her too, you know, to not lose you two in her life, but to have you and your family as you know, extended part of her life is really good for her. And so getting past, you know, the injustice or the pain in order to have that relationship is really important, as you said.
2: Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's amazing because uh, our boys will, they love up on her when she comes um, for the, usually it's for like a weekend or an overnight stay. Um, and then now she has a biological sister. Uh, so her little sister that she loves up on her little sister now, it's just just a beautiful thing to see uh, where this whole story has come from from the start and where it is now.
0: I love that. I love that adoption can be a really beautiful thing, even though it starts off kind of messy sometimes. It can all come together exactly. Hey. I am so happy that you wrote your story in and that we've waited for now to talk about it because now we can talk about. Beckham and just talk about the things that you've been through I feel like even talking to you now you guys have changed and are growing so much more than even in November oh for sure (laughs) thank you so much completely Michael and Ashley thank you April
2: yes thank you very much
0: and thank you for listening we'd love for you to subscribe to our weekly podcast and follow us on social media thanks for joining us on your adoption show see you next week